Welcome to another episode of the Proven Grounds Pod. The Proven Grounds Podcast is brought to you by Limitless Lifestyle Crew. Uh, please visit LimitlessLifestyleCrew.com as well as the, follow the Limitless Lifestyle Crew uh, Instagram page. I'm JT, your host, JTown32, if you would like to follow me on the social sites. And in this episode, pretty much just doing a brief rundown on the the aspect of what was last week as far as Georgia high school basketball, um, as you all know, Georgia is one of the hotbeds, uh, Atlanta in particular, for some of the best Division One talent that you're going to see around. Um, you know, for years, and I've been here about seven years, but at least the last five or six has really just been booming with talent, and uh, I'm happy to say that I live here and I'm able to see some of these uh, very talented kids as they go on with their endeavors and everything as far as maybe playing professionally. And for the most part, a lot of them are definitely playing in the college level. I want to highlight a game, a couple of games from last week. Uh, in particular, the rematch of the 2018 state championship between Norcross and Meadow Creek. And also, I want to go briefly into um, the Buford and Wheeler matchup that was at the Naismith uh, classic at Norcross on Friday. So a couple of trips to Norcross for me made it pretty easy. I actually live in Gwinnett, so I'm happy that the trips weren't too far. Um, let's go ahead, like I said, go ahead and talk about, you know, the first matchup, the rematch of the state championship. Um, right off the bat, I will say that uh, Damian Dunn, the uh, leading scorer for Meadow Creek, did not play. Um, he was there, of course. Uh, but in street clothes and did not play. Um, Maybe nursing the injury, not particularly sh- particularly sure why. I do know that he was in action later on in the week when Meadow Creek met up with Holy Spirit Prep and Anthony Edwards. Um, so I'm not sure why he didn't play against Norcross, but that did not hold them back, hold Meadow Creek back at all. Um, they actually went in and began the game with like a couple of dunks. Um, some three-point baskets. Um, Jameer Chaplin was one of the big dogs, of course, from Meadow Creek, and he has been pretty steady the last couple of years anyway. Uh, he definitely went into Norcross on a mission, and you could tell um, with his ability to you know, stay active and be physical with those defenders and the big man of Norcross that he was very tuned into the game. He also stepped out a couple of times and was able to hit some three-pointers, to show off his much improved, you know, jump shot. Uh, I thought throughout the game he was more physically imposing than even the, you know, 6'9", 6'8", bigs that uh, Norcross does have. He was able to pretty much rebound at a very efficient clip, and I think he ended up with about 23 points. He got to the free throw line often, um, and he scored. At this point, like I said, in the game, he had dunks, layups, three-pointers. So he scored pretty much at three, all three levels that you would want to see. Uh, I know Jameer Chaplin is going to USF, um, so he's definitely a, a big pickup for them because I could see if he would have played out this season, he would probably have some different looks. But overall, I think the what controlled this game was Meadow Creek being you know, tougher than Norcross, just to be honest. Uh, it started with Jameer Chaplin, or let me say this, it didn't start with Jameer Chaplin, but he definitely added to it. All of this started with Jalen Benjamin, who was also a transfer, along with Damian Dunn. And uh, I believe he's going to UAB. 
Jalen Benjamin is a, a tough kid. He's not the biggest kid at all. Um, maybe 160 pounds soaking wet, but he's very physical um, and he can shoot the ball and he controls the tempo of the game, not just with, you know, ball handling and things like that, but with how he communicates with his team, how he communicates against the other team, you know, things like that. He's uh, often, he started off the game actually last week with a shove to, um, with a shove to one of the players for Norcross straight from the tip ball. So right then and there, he picked up a cheap foul, an early foul, and it kind of, to me, that was kind of like the tone setter. So when he did that, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, you see, you see what mode he's in and he that he's ready to play. And he certainly came in with that attitude. I think he had the game high with 24, with about 24 points or so. But he made about three or four threes. Um, he was able to drive to the basket. He got fouled. So he was able to score where he wanted to as well. And from there, I think the defense of Meadow Creek gave Norcross some problems as the Norcross usual suspects, such as like BJ or Brandon Boston, um, he never really got into rhythm for this game. And I've watched BJ uh, for some time now, and I know he can play much better than what he did. He ended up with, I think, about 13 points. So you know, I mean, he's a 20-plus point scorer. Uh, and one of the top players in the country, regardless of class, but definitely in the t one of the top 10 players in his 2020 class. Um, he didn't play particularly well. And that's this is that's probably the poorest that I've seen him play, you know, where he's just not making his jump shots and things like that. It didn't look like the physicality actually bothered him. It, like I said, it just looked to me that he was out of rhythm and he did not make the shots that he usually makes. He finished with 13, but so did USC. Uh, commit Kyle Sturdivant from Norcross and me watching Norcross I've watched them about three or four times this season already and they have the talent like on paper if you look at them they're about seven division one guys but it seems like they have some issues with everyone playing as a team as of right now I don't see everyone on that team playing together uh, a lot of times what it looks like is it's a free-for-all and everyone has to go with for their own you know, for their own buckets or for their own this or their own that. And to win a state championship, especially when you have a team full of, you know, stars like they do, you're going to have to sacrifice something. So, I mean, I think once they're able to, you know, pull that together, as far as somebody has to sacrifice some shots, somebody will have to sacrifice some playing time, you know, things like that then they'll be much better. And, I mean, it's a long season, so they have time to do so. But, honestly, I don't think they should have lost last week. And and I think, like I said, that tone was set in the beginning where Meadow Creek came in to out-tough them, and that's exactly what they did. So, shot kudos to, to Jalen Benjamin, um, Jameer Chaplin, and the crew. Um, they were able to beat Norcross this year in two of pretty much the biggest games you know that they would play regardless so they lost to let's say this they lost to norcross uh last season three times before winning the final game which was the best one the biggest one of them all in the state championship of those three losses they had last year to norcross they actually they actually lost by a buzzer beater three-pointer buzzer beaters um twice so i mean you could say that they had it coming but <laughs> 
like I said, I, I don't think in some time Meadow Creek, you know, had been beating Norcross. And to lose the way that Meadow Creek was losing during the season, you knew it was a heartbreak. But you also knew that they were on Norcross's ass. Like, essentially, you knew they were coming up right behind Norcross and they would be there shortly. And um, it seems like the tables have turned. For Meadow Creek to get a win at Norcross without their leading score says something. And they may be in the head a little bit of Norcross. But as I said before, it's a long season. So, you know, I'm not going to going to over, you know, overstate that particular win. A win is a win. But it's a long season. So, you know, come the next matchup that's going to be at uh, that's going to be at Wheeler. Then we should see what adjustments have been made for not only Norcross, but Meadow Creek as well. Because hopefully at this time they'll have their, you know, their leading scorer back. Because that's, you know, that's, of course, important. And um, that next game, let me see. Let's see. Let's see. So their next game against Meadow Creek. Ooh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Norcross's schedule and... It ain't easy. They'll do fine, but it ain't easy. They actually have Mount Verde and DeMatha on their schedule this year. So, as well as uh, Roselle Catholic. So, they have some very, very good games. So, they won't they won't meet Meadow Creek again until February the 1st um, at Meadow Creek. But... I would keep a watch if I was all if I were you guys. Definitely keep a watch on both of these teams throughout the season, um, and if you can, February first at Meadow Creek High School will be their next meeting, and that's the last game of the season for Norcross at least. So I'm sure it's going to be very, very, very good. Um, the second game I want to talk about is Buford and Wheeler. Um, Buford, of course, has Marcus Watson. That's their star. That's the big guy on campus there. Um, he's going to Oklahoma State. He's one of those premier athletes, like one of those crazy athletes. So when you watch him play and you see his athleticism, um, it can kind of wow you, just being honest. And when you think of like some of the wing players that have gone on to play at Oklahoma State, I think he's definitely fits the mold there as far as the athleticism. I will give him credit. His jump shot is better than a lot of those kids, but his jump shot has been steady, improving. And I think he made about three big-time threes against Wheeler uh, Friday. That game also was at Norcross as well. I was interested to watch the matchup because I know Wheeler had pretty much been on a win streak since, you know, losing to Metal Creek the first game of the season. Wheeler had ran off, I think, like eight wins in a row or something like that. And in those eight wins, they had beat they beat Norcross. They had beat GAC Greater Atlanta Christian, which was a championship team last year as well. Um, so that's you know three teams that they had, had at least played that played in the national in the state championship last year. And going two and one in that schedule was pretty good in his on his own right. Um, for for Wheeler, um, Jair Eastman is one of the guys that I've been talking about a lot this season is because of his improvement with his decision-making, his ball handling, and even his offensive arsenal. Last year when I watched uh, Wheeler, I always said the same thing. When I left every game, I said they have to have better guard play if they're going to be any of the, you know, any of the, any of the top teams 
You have to have good guard play. They had E.J. Montgomery, who was a McDonald's All-American and is now at Kentucky. But if you don't have the guards to get him the ball or even control the tempo of the game, then it doesn't matter who you have. Jair Eastman was there last year. And this year, he looks complete, to me at least, he looks completely different. He looks very confident. Um, his offensive arsenal has gotten a lot better. And I think he plays with a tougher mindset than he did last year. That's just me being honest. He's going to the University of Denver. So he's picked up a scholarship as well. And uh, you can see that he's put in the work to earn that scholarship. Like he's really earned everything that he's getting right now. And uh, for me, he's, you know, he's one of those players that you want to watch pretty much all of the time. Like you want to watch point guards who, Maybe aren't the biggest names, but if they play hard as hell, and he's one of those guys. He plays very hard. He makes sure he makes sure that everybody on the team is, you know, taken care of as far as shot attempts or anything else that they may need. Um, and he has a, a pretty good a pretty good cast. It's, a lot of people won't you know call them a great cast, but just being honest, they're pretty good. Um, but Malachi Rose, who is their pretty much their you know their big man at six seven, he is also a special person to watch as well. He plays very hard, and then we all know about their um, their star in Child Smith, the fourth, who actually is going to Cal and transferred to Wheeler after a season at um, at McEachern. So um, getting him was a big pickup for Wheeler. Um, now they have a bona fide score essentially. So. They can utilize him whenever they need to. Uh, Sam Hines gives them good minutes. He actually starts for the team. But when I say good minutes, I mean he plays hard. He usually guards the best person on the other team for quite some time throughout the game, um, as he did this game and guard Marcus Buford. But a lot of the time between these, well, within this game, were between, you know, defense, de defending Marcus Watson, I was able to see. Charles Smith the fourth and I was overly excited for it because you don't typically see you know those big time head-to-head -head matchups like that a lot of times someone else is guarding such and such but to see Marcus guarding um Charles Smith and see Charles Smith guarding Marcus they kind of went at it they had some words for each other um Charles Smith tried to dunk on Marcus Watson earlier in the game Marcus didn't go for it <laughs> he didn't go for that shit at all um, so it was kind of exciting to to watch them go at it. Um, I got some great clips of those two, some great pictures of those two. I actually have uh, posted them on the Limitless Lifestyle Crew um, webpage or LimitlessLifestyleCrew.com as well as on the Limitless Lifestyle Crew um, Instagram page. So please be sure to go check out some of those pictures. But ultimately, uh, Buford ended up, I think Buford was, they played more discipline in the game. I don't think they had better talent than Wheeler, but they did play more discipline within this game. So ultimately, Buford in overtime was able to pull off the win. Um, Charles Smith didn't have his best game offensively, but a lot of that can be said for him taking that effort and putting in, you know, his his energy and, and, and effort within guarding Marcus Watson. Marcus Watson started off the game kind of cold, but as the game went on, he started to impose his will. He's like one of those physical specimens, 6'5", 6'6", but he's very strong. And you can see it when he, he's able to get to the basket when he wants to. But what I was impressed by, like I said, was his jump shot. He made about three or four threes. And uh, I know even last year, he you know, he that wasn't a shot that he would shoot first. 
Now, Steph Curry might have something to do with that, but the improvement of the shot, I'll definitely give that to Marcus for putting in the work itself. So, um, after that particular game, though, I want to say this because, like I said, Wheeler had went into the game, I think they were 8-1. and one. So, um, after the loss to... After the loss to Buford on Friday, they actually played McEachern, who is the number one team in the state, and rightfully so. Um, they played McEachern Saturday at Wheeler at home, and they actually lost that game. Uh, I can't say that I'm surprised that they lost to McEachern, but I did expect it to be a better game with them coming off of a loss. You just knew that they were going to go in and, you know, not only protect home court, but just fight to actually win that game. And, and the Ian McKeachin just ended up kind of running away with it. So um, that definitely was that that game, that loss is more disappointing to me because of how they lost in the actual loss to Buford. Because um, even in the Buford game, it went to overtime. So obviously both teams were fighting pretty hard and doing what they had to do to win the game. It just had to go to somebody. So that's just kind of a brief recap. There are, of course, a lot more games, but I wanted to give you guys the perspective in which I had because I actually attended those games and was able to see the talent firsthand. But as I rattle off some of these names, I guarantee you that you will hear them at the next level, at the Division One level, because that is what this state produces. All in all, I cannot front. I am a Michigan kid. I am from Michigan, but talent-wise... This state produces some of the best basketball players that I have ever seen, at least in the high school level. And that's just me being honest. Um, but like I said, I do have reviews. Uh, I have pictures from the games that I attended on the Limitless Lifestyle Crew Instagram page as well as LimitlessLifestyleCrew.com. Please visit to you know, take a look at the pictures, share the pictures. If you see any kids that you need to tag in them, do that as well. I will be bringing back the... Um, High School Soul Kings uh, edition. I have to gather my information and see who's been killing it this year. I know one person who was on it last year is definitely going to be back there, and that's um, Kyle Sturgeon from Norcross. His shoe game is always crazy. But please check out Limitless Lifestyle Crew. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to the Proven Grounds podcast. Um, this is just another episode. I'll be back shortly. Soul Kings is coming back. But I'm your host, JT. Please follow me, JTown32, on any of the social sites. And please be sure to follow Limitless Lifestyle Crew on Instagram. With that being said, this is another episode, and we're out.